You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits. Hey, what's going on, rookies? And welcome to episode 36 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and as always, this is presented by Upland Brits. Also brought to you by Trinity Bretons, home of the Epignol Breton. All Trinity dogs are from champion bloodlines that are field tested and family approved. For 32 years, Trinity Bretons has worked to offer you the best bred Epignol Bretons in the country. Also brought to you by our newest sponsor, Anook Shook Professional Dog Food. Anook Shook's dense formulations ensure that your pup in training and your seasoned bird dog get what they need to succeed in the field. Anook Shook works hard so your dogs can work harder. Check them out at anookshookpro.com. Also brought to you by Pointer Traditions, making the finest dog collars, bird straps, leashes, you name it, on the market today. Both my dogs are rocking custom-sized Pointer Traditions collars, and I cannot say enough about these collars. You gotta check them out for yourself. Use my promo code ROOKIE15 to save 15% off your order today at PointerTraditions.com. And lastly, Gunner Kennels. I've personally used and tested every major kennel brand on the market. After months of hands-on experience, Gunner is the only kennel I'll use for my favorite bird dogs. Man's best friend deserves man's best kennel. Hey, what's going on, rookies? Welcome. Happy to uh, happy to be talking with you all. Glad you're tuning in, wherever you might be tuning in from, uh, listening to the podcast. Um, hey, I haven't talked about this in a little while, but um, you guys know how Apple Podcasts, um, as well as now Spotify, they're really relying heavily on the rating and review system. And what that means is the more ratings and more reviews that are left on the podcast platform, um, if someone searches upland hunting or bird dogs into the search bar, um, this podcast, the more ratings and reviews it has, it's going to pop up higher uh, further up the line uh, in that person's search on the podcast platform. So uh, would love for this show to keep growing. Would love for it to get out there to more people who uh, would like to experience it and, and get into it and catch up on some episodes. So uh, would you guys do me a favor? If you have not uh, left a, a rating and review, would you mind just taking a quick pause? Go over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave a quick, uh, there's a five-star rating system, uh, choose your star that fits best, and then uh, leave a little uh, written review. Like, what's a podcast meant to you? What's it meant to you so far? Uh, what's some things that you've you've taken away or gained from this this experience of, of tuning in and listening to me kind of ramble. So um, we'd really, really appreciate you guys doing that if you can. Uh, so uh, hit pause and catch you back here in a little bit. 
Welcome back. Um, hey guys, don't have too much on the docket for uh, this intro. I did uh, I did an Instagram story thing I wanted to chat about um, a few days ago over on the Upland Rookie Podcast Instagram page. A couple just kind of asked me anything questions and one of the big ones is someone asked me, which I really appreciate this question, um, is uh, if, you, if you couldn't own Brits, uh, what breed would you own and why? And it, this one stumped me. I, I appreciate the questions because I think I asked a lot of people that question a lot of the time. And this person kind of flipped around and, and asked me and kind of caught me off guard. But um, after quite a bit of thought, I, I probably landed on a Vishla. Um, I, I, I possibly could have given some Vishla some crap maybe over the last, I don't know, whoever knows how long. Uh, but the more I thought about it, I was like, hey, if I could not own a Brittany, uh, what breed would I go to? And I was I was kind of going between uh, a pointer and a Vishla, and landed on a Vishla. Honestly, I just think they look really cool. Um, I've seen some really good ones at uh, hunt tests I've been at, and they're just they're very similar to a Brit without being a Brit. I'll say that. And so um, so yeah, if you had to you know pin me down and, and say pick a pick a breed, I'd probably say a Vishla. Um, I just think they look really good. I've seen some good ones in action and yeah, I mean, are they a little, uh, again, people who own visuals have told me this, they, they are a little softer. Does that deter me? No, not at all. Um, I think I mean, Britney's can be soft compared to, uh, I don't know, GSP or, you know, other, other breeds. So yeah, I'm, I'm staying, I'm standing by my answer. I'm going with the Vishla. Um, if I, uh, if I had to own another breed, um, another question someone asked me, uh, this is actually over on, uh, the Upland Rookie Facebook page. Um, oh, I'm going to paraphrase a question, but, uh, I said, Hey, out of all your episodes that you've done on the podcast, which episodes would you say you're most proud of? And that was, again, another thoughtful question. I really appreciate those. And, uh, again, took some time to reflect back and, um, I don't have the list in front of me what I wrote back to him as far as which ones I am most proud of, but I would say the most, um, the ones I have enjoyed the most. And I think through of like, Hey, what are the episodes that, um, that I think if, if, if let's say you're going to start listening to this podcast, what are the ones you should maybe you have to listen to? Or if you only could pick four to listen to, listen to these ones. And I would say the try upland episode, um, that one stands out as a real, real highlight for me. Um, just the conversation and just thinking through like getting that new upland hunter uh, into um, the experience and immersing them and, and figuring out like how do I get started? What are some challenges I have to overcome and, and all that? Um, I would really say that try upland episode. I think it's like number eight or, or something like that. Um, so that would be a really, really good one. Another one I, I personally really loved um, is a more recent one, episode 34. I think it was like, how good is your dog really? And I sat down with uh, Jared Haddock, um, big into Nastra, runs Britney's, and again, just just a conversation, not because he has Brits, not because he has Nastra, and we have those things in common, um, but more the conversation of like that the experience of that took him, you know, he's only been in this for a few years, and now he's a president of the the Utah chapter for Nastra, and just hearing his story of like how quickly that unfolded why it unfolded the way it did um and some of his his experiences with other trials and and kind of we dissected some of the 
you know, what are the ways or what are some of the other trials doing that, that like, why are they not attracting, you know, younger members to their clubs? Why are uh, NAVDA and NASTRA, you know, some parts of NASTRA doing a lot better than others? And so um, that was just a really fascinating conversation um, just to kind of unpack that with him. A um, couple other ones were, gosh, I really like the episode 24 with Josh Ryder, Trinity Bertans, just, um, again, younger guy, uh, probably my age, just how we kind of dissected, how he, not me, he, he, he did all, he had all the good points. Um, just, just talking through, uh, dog development, talked a little bit, a little bit of breeding. We touched on that very, very little bit in that episode. Um, another one was, uh, bird dog development. Uh, that was a great one with Anthony Grimaldi. So, yeah, I mean, a couple of these, I could go on and on. Um, there's one more I wanted to mention. I forget. Oh, episode two. No, no, episode three. Episode two was good too. Don't get me wrong. Episode three with Adam Peck. I really enjoyed that one. Um, that, that was, uh, yeah, I like I liked the conversation. I liked where it, ha- where it went unpacking his his story from the previous season um just on his road trip and packing up the his truck and just just going across country and uh just hearing more of his story getting to know him more i didn't know him really well before that and so um all that to say if if you're looking to jump in and you had to pick a few episodes um i mean i think they're all great all my guests have been fan freaking tastic um but those are some of the conversations that I just remember back on going, if you had to start somewhere, if you could only pick a few to, to listen to, I'd, I'd maybe start with those two. Um, keep kicking dirt episode with, with Anthony Farrow. That was, that was a good one. Just to unpack his story a little bit more on the training side and what he's doing with the kennel. Sorry. That was my, my toddler in the background. <laughs> but anyways, um, again, I appreciate the, the thoughtful question. Um, it gets me to kind of ponder and think a little bit more, uh, and reflect back. So I really appreciate those. Keep those questions coming in. If you have them, uh, hit me up on Instagram, Upland underscore Brits or the Upland rookie podcast on Instagram. Uh, let me, let me know if you have a question and, uh, yeah, we'd love to, uh, talk bird dogs with you. So I'm going to wrap this up. Sorry. This is a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, it is about 10 degrees outside here in Denver, and I am locked in my son's bedroom, actually, where it's quiet and warm, and I'm trying to trying to hide from my children right now so I can get this episode finished and get this intro done and then go help my wife make dinner. So anyways, um, this is a really fun episode we got coming up here. Ironically enough, it is someone with a Vishla, I know. <laughs> oh man even uh you got, this is your garage basement we, we this is in- mine uh yeah this is the mechanical room in the basement i got my rod building station right here a little messy nice um oh so you're building rod you're building rods too not just yeah. lures yeah really yeah dude it's a it's a nice little winter hobby it's not a cheap hobby <laughs> none uh, of these hobbies know. are I usually make them for friends or make them, make them as gifts, um, or make them for myself, but it's, you know, to make a decent rod, it's cost money. Oh, I bet. Cause are we talking like all carbon fiber? No, it's graphite. Typically. Oh, okay. Um, so you buy the blank, you can see it here. You buy the, this piece. Oh, okay. And so the part that you're actually doing is you're, you're epoxying the handle. 
could be turning cork if you wanted to shape the handle. Okay. And then the the time consuming part is wrapping the guide. So you actually wrap thread. Mm. This thing spins. Okay. Um, so you wrap thread over the guides and then you epoxy the guides. Wow. Onto the rod. That's, so, so the rod itself is kind of already like tapered and shit. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Dude. The rod, the rod. I mean, you could, um, I'm sure there are ways to make your own <laughs> sure. carbon fiber rod. Thought, sorry, bamboo, when you, when you first, like bamboo fly rod. Oh yeah. When you first said like making your own rods, I was imagining you like whittling a long piece. Just rolling it up. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah no, I'm not that cool. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Those lures you made, uh, that those are pretty sweet. Yeah. They were fun. They were, that was my, uh, this is my kind of my new hobby this winter. <laughs> um, I got an airbrush, uh, compressor and okay. just something that I wanted to try. And it's pretty fun. The kids have gotten involved last year. We, um, each made our own bait and we had a little tournament to see who would catch the first fish. So oh, nice. And who won? I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to give your kids like the best lure. <laughs> <laughs> they made their own it's, it's cutthroat man. Cutthroat. Yeah. Um, so you said you were out fishing earlier today. Uh, how'd you do? I did. All right. We did uh, a little ice fishing out here in Minnesota. Just, we're just West of the cities. Um, it wasn't fast and furious, but there were plenty of fish and, but they were all a little small. So it was okay. It just could be out. Um, got to, to fish with a buddy of mine and yeah. actually one of my son's basketball coaches. So, oh, nice. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. You were, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but you were mentioning like there's, there's better times than not with, with ice fishing in particular. I have growing up, we did like bass fishing, walleye, things like that. So I don't have a ton of experience, sure. but like, what do you mean by times of that? Is it change for ice fishing or? Yeah. I mean, typically, I mean, if you're speaking generally, you know, all species are different, but generally speaking, your low light, um, your low light hours are going to be your, your, the feeding time. So they'll, they'll move in, um, to eat. Uh, a lot of times they'll move it up shallow to eat. Um, but they're just more active typically, uh, in low light, they're, they're more apt to eat something. Okay. So they're, they're hungry. <laughs> yep. They're hungry. So, so dusk or dawn. Okay. Is it just brutally cold? Like, are you out there with a shelter, no shelter? Yeah. I'm usually, I usually have like a pop-up, like a portable shelter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. I was at, we have a, uh, kind of big like reservoir here and, uh, I, I drive by it to the area to train my dogs and there's like, I don't even know, 30, 40 people on this reservoir ice yeah. fishing and they got their little tents and yeah. things probably set up. Trout, I'm guessing Pro probably they, they stock this reservoir. And so I think they stock it with a bunch of stuff, but, um, but it's deep too. It's like, it's from what I, I know, it's, it's a deep, uh, a deep area. So yeah. I'm not sure what they're going for, but that's fun. How's the weather there in uh, Minnesota right now? Uh, it's pretty cold today was, uh, in the teens. Um, it's been, challenging for sure training tra raising up raising a puppy um potty training and oh yeah uh, trying to get outside to, to stretch his legs and burn off some of that energy um and then just you know any kind of training you want to do if you, if you need space it's tough to do outside because those puppies they you know they get sensitive and then they associate that feeling with what you're doing and it's just makes it a little bit harder but um We've had some days in the thirties, uh, but it's been pretty cold lately. So hoping March has a little, 
gift for us here with some warmer <laughs> weather. And soon the woodcock will be back and we'll be back out putting, uh, getting them on wild birds. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, well, cool. Let's back up just a touch. Um, and definitely want to get into woodcock hunting, your pup, all that good stuff uh, yeah. here in a little, little bit. Um, so first off, tell us a little bit about who you are and put us on the map. Where are you talking to us from? Uh, exactly. Yeah, um, so, I, I don't want your street address, but just, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my wife would have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, in a suburb of Minneapolis, just West of the twin cities. Um, and, uh, we have a cabin where we do a lot of our, uh, hunting in Northwestern Wisconsin. Okay. Nice. Nice. And tell us a little bit about who you are. Like, are you, I mean, yeah, I want to get to know you a little bit more like outdoors, like all that good stuff. Yep. So I grew up, I was actually, uh, born in, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. So I'm a dual Canadian citizen. Nice. Uh, we lived there for, I think three or four years. Um, then we moved to Minnesota for a year and then we moved back and moved up to Calgary, Alberta for about four years. And then back to the cities here in, um, uh, actually St. Paul. Um, and I've lived here since, um, fourth grade. Okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. So, so since you brought up the Canadian reference, I got to ask hockey team, where's, where's your loyalty? Hockey team, uh, definitely the wild right now. Okay. Uh, looking, looking pretty good. My they are scared of the avalanche. <laughs> I think the road to the Stanley cup is through the avalanche. Probably, probably. Um, we'll probably choke though. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're a pretty solid team. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah. I love the wild. I uh, grew up watching, um, the jets of course, and then the flames, but okay. um, can't cheer for them anymore. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of like us. When we moved out here from Chicago, we were big Hawks fans and we live yeah. here in Denver and we're like, we just want to vote, for, you know, root for our, our home team. This is where we call home. And yeah. so I get it. Yeah, they're looking good. My car is, is unbelievable to watch on the skates. Unreal. Uh, it's a joy to watch. I mean, it's, it's literally a joy to watch that man skate. It's yeah. It's, it's the work. He can yeah. open the hips. Like it's, it scares yeah. me every time they play him because you know, he's going to do something, uh, make someone look silly. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. hundred percent. He he's, he's one of the few players that when he, when he touches the puck, it looks like everyone else is in slow motion. It's he's just how he glides and moving around him and it's it's, a completely different level. Oh yeah. It's, it's incredible. So, um, cool, man. So, so talk a little bit about growing up, like when it comes to the outdoors and hunting specifically, like did did your family grow up like hunting? Is that where you kind of got into this or did you get into this later in life? Yeah. So my dad, um, introduced me to hunting. So, I mean, I, I was probably four, you know, walking the fields with him. Um, and we mainly did waterfowl, uh, a lot of ducks in Manitoba, um, and geese. So we did that for a long time. We actually, I don't remember ever, um, hunting any upland, even in, um, well, we did upland in Manitoba. We hunted sharp tails. Okay. Um, but Calgary has a lot of sharp tail grouse and we never hunted I don't remember ever hunting in Calgary, which was first through third grade for me. Um, so I don't know why, but yeah. maybe timing wasn't there. So sure. Do you yeah. guys have, do you guys have dogs growing up or were you this just walk in and. Yeah, we had a dog, um, not until we moved to Minnesota. Okay. And we had an English Cocker Spaniel before English Cocker Spaniels were. Yeah. All the rage, <laughs> all the rage. All the rage. Yeah. So we had an English Cocker Spaniel. 
Um, we actually bought her in London at Harrods at the, at the department store. Oh, wow. uh, in, in London? In London. Oh we my gosh. Occupation. My, my dad and, and sister went out shopping or sightseeing and my sister and my mom and I, other sister and mom and I were taking a nap and they came back and we're like, we ordered a dog and we're like, where? And apparently Harrods has all sorts of exotic animals, including English Cocker Spaniels and <laughs> Flew the dog home and that was it. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. crazy. And, and was that kind of like the intent of, the, of your dad or your family to like have a hunting dog or was that just kind of by accident? Um, yeah. I mean, we, we always had talked about wanting a dog. Um, I, like, I don't think it was a conversation that my dad had with me specifically, but just we were looking for a family dog eventually. And obviously dad and I like to hunt. So um, just worked. Oh, that's awesome. It's super random now that I think about it. like I, I took my my family to London. I don't think I'd be ordering a dog. Yeah, <laughs> you don't think. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> so where where did this passion kind of grow then? Like where did it kind of take off? Like after you got a little older, all that. Like when sure. did it kind of when did that fire ignite for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was. I mean, my dad instilled it in me for sure. Um, but through um, through college, it was kind of. Uh, you know, kind of took a pause um, as far as hunting goes. My parents moved to New York when I was in undergrad. So um, hunting was a little bit tougher to do without the pup around or the, he wasn't a pup. She wasn't a pup at that time. Sure. Tough to do without a dog. Um, And so uh, kind of took a pause and then uh, out of school, maybe four or five years, um, we got our first visa hunter Mm. and, uh, my father-in-law actually um, is a lot of did a lot of hunting. He had a Brittany um, Springer mix, mm. and so um, we would hunt together. And it just felt I just felt like now was a good time to introduce the dog to the family and trying to trying to figure out how to do it on my own. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so, so what was that process like? So you get the you get Hunter home, you get the dog. Like, were you? fully like, Hey, we're doing this upland thing. Like this is, you know, I really enjoy Like, where did that, uh, I, it, was, it was like, I was the upland rookie. Uh, <laughs> sure. And, uh, you know, our, our dog, the English cocker we had was obviously a flushing spaniel. Um, and we did, we'd be in training with her. We didn't do any formal hunting training with her. So I was well out of my, um, league as far as what I was supposed to do. So I actually went to, um, Chad Hines and Willow Creek kennels here in Little Falls, Minnesota, okay. just for consults. I went for a couple consults, um, learned how to do some of the basic things, collar conditioning, wool training. Um, and then the rest I kind of did on my own. And, um, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what was what do you think like the hardest part was like having a new dog being say the upland rookie at the time, like figuring this out on your own, like what was maybe the hardest part of, of getting started with that? Um, I think, I think, so, I mean, think about it back then when that was 14 years ago, like there wasn't, I don't think YouTube was around. (laughs) Might not have been. I I don't know. It's like choosing the right book. Um, you know, I think, I think more than anything, it was like, okay, what, not having the resources that we have today, I think is, is, was probably the most hmm. challenging. Um, cause right now we have, I mean, there's 
dozens of methods of how you can train your bird dog. Yeah. Um, and they I all mean, have, they all have a, videos. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a challenge in it, in it of itself, but um, you know, I'm thinking back to 14 years ago, like what other than, other than a professional trainer, like there are a few books out, um, but it was just, it wasn't as readily available information that we have today. Not that 14 years was that long ago, but sure. um, definitely things have changed. Oh yeah. Especially when you're, when we're talking about technology, even like video content and, you know, yep. longer articles and how to's and all that kind of stuff. Yep. It's, it's with no onyx, <laughs> no onyx. Right, yeah, no onyx. Exactly. <laughs> stuff yep. like that. I mean, that yep. only came, gosh, I don't even know how long that's been, been around me. What? Five years. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Even thinking about like where to go and the public land. I mean, I'm I know they still make like hard copy maps and public land, yeah. things like that, but yeah. it's yeah. Different for sure. Are you, um, well, we'll get into your new pup here in a little bit, as far as like the training and kind of, yep. you know, what, what, what kind of route you're going with that. But, um, so I guess let, let's talk about Hunter a little bit. Um, I know he, he recently passed not too long ago, right? Yeah. He passed 14 in, uh, November. He was 14. Okay. Uh, almost, almost a month into 14. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I, I know you've probably shared us on some other podcasts and that, but can you just catch us up a little bit on the, on the story of Hunter? I know yeah. I even still, yeah, I'll be scrolling through Instagram. I think today I saw a picture of Hunter, someone yeah. posted or reposted. And it's just, yeah. I think the dog left a, a cool, uh, a cool mark on this world. Yeah, he did. Um, so Hunter was our, our Vizsla. Um, and, uh, he had, you know, you know, I've, I've spoken about this before. He wasn't perfect, but he was, he was perfect for me. And, um, we had a lot of great years. Um, unfortunately, uh, actually the, the, just on the onset of the pandemic, we learned that he had cancer hmm. and, uh, I mean, it was kind of a blessing because we had a lot of time at home with him. Uh, and he actually ended up having to get, uh, an amputation of his, was it four, his four, like his, his left front leg. Um, and, uh, there was, there was a lot of unknowns, you know, it was, it was kind of, uh, his prognosis was kind of wishy-washy. It wasn't strictly, yeah, he's, he's going to be fine. Or it wasn't these toasts, you know, it was kind of like, we don't know. It's kind of a, 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 a tricky cancer. Um, there's a lot of different things you could do. You could do nothing. You could, amputate you could do chemo radiation you could amputate and do chemo radiation sure. and so we opted to do amputation and it was um it was a hard decision it was you know he was our he was our baby before our kids came and um you know he i, mean, I don't need to explain to you <laughs> or any of the <laughs> listeners probably what dogs mean to us. so sure, sure um you know he was a supreme athlete and um still in pretty good shape uh, at 12 when he was diagnosed. And so we decided amputated his leg and, and he actually ended up getting a really bad infection. Hmm. Um, so he had to be opened back up, cleaned up and then put back together here uh, just a week after. Oh gosh. Uh, but after that, he, he really figured it out. Um, you know, dogs, they already know how to walk on three legs, you know, when they're limping, they, they know sure. how to do it. So it's not, um, it wasn't tough rehabilitated like there was no rehab there was yeah. no he, he just started walking on three legs started walking on three legs and that was you know he never complained about it and, <laughs> um i didn't know how things would go for the season but um you know i hunted 
probably like for sure hunted more days that his first season with three legs than I've ever hunted any season. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, I think just in the back of my mind, like this is, this is probably his last season. Hmm. So I like front loaded. <laughs> I did a lot of hunting and uh, he did phenomenal. I mean, it was inspiring to, to be there and um, to hunt with him was, it was, you know, the highlight of, of my time with him. Yeah. And then uh, got through that season and he was doing great through uh, the summer and then cancer came back in September and we actually, mm. ended, um, so this was, he was 13, going to turn 14 in October. Um, so he had cancer in September and um, missed Woodcock opener, which is Woodcock hunting seemed to seem to me like it was his favorite. Mm. Um, and so he had surgery to remove that tumor. Um, and again, it was kind of, it was, a, it was the same, same deal, of, same type of cancer, okay. like possibly the same cancer that he had when he had his like amputated. Okay. So, um, so bad news there. And, uh, but he, he fought hard and he actually, <laughs> actually hunted them this season up until he's passed. So he yeah. done it before he passed away. Um, but taking that tumor from his neck, I think upset it. They, they were, they weren't able to get all of it. Sure. Um, if they were to get all of it, they would have to remove some muscle, which could potentially, um, would have affected his ability to lift his head and I wasn't going there. So sure. I said, that's, that's enough. Yeah. I want him to be able to lift his head. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so they did what they did. Um, and, uh, but we had some, some memorable hunts for sure. We went to Montana. Mm. Um, and that was incredible. You know, I, I wanted 20 minutes with him on pheasant opener and he, delivered for sure so oh that's awesome on on three legs with three fighting legs. fighting through battling yeah oh, um, man. i'm not a i'm not a guy about limiting out or or, or begging you know a bunch sure. of birds but to, to brag on my dog uh we were done by 8 30 a.m wow <laughs> that's awesome. It was awesome that's awesome man what a special uh yeah what a special dog i mean just hearing that story again directly from you, you again, that's, it's just special. This kind of mark that he's not only left on you guys and your family, but I guess he's inspired people out there, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I hear from, I hear from a lot of people, um, from all over the world. So I bet it's even cool that, I mean, you said what the year after he got, uh, his leg amputated, you probably hunted more than you ever have that year. That's just like, that's awesome. (laughs) Like to get out there and, you know, just make the most of the, that's that's pretty cool yeah we hunted a lot it was fun that's awesome man well i'm sorry for your loss i know it's not super tough so uh, but thanks for sharing all that um what um so i guess let's dive into you know kind of hunting in minnesota and maybe even a little bit of this past season for you um is you hunting grouse woodcock pheasant like what what'd you do this past season in minnesota and where'd you uh where'd you venture out to Yep. So this last season, um, started in Montana. Um, and we started, uh, we went up for pheasant opener, but we went up, my buddy and I went up on a Thursday. So we hunted Friday, we hunted sharp tail and, and puns and then kind of scouted pheasants and, um, pheasants and then the mixed bag for the rest of the weekend. Um, and then from there, uh, started woodcock and grouse up, uh, 
in northwestern Wisconsin. Um, and then made a trip to North Dakota uh, for pheasants. Uh, and that was early November. That was a great trip. And then wrapped up grouse. Um, I don't think I got back out uh, after about mid-December. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so talk about, I don't know much. I've maybe talked a little bit with some people about like woodcock hunting, but can you talk yep. a little bit about woodcock hunting and like what that is like, where are you hunting them at? Yep. Like, cause they, they migrate, correct? Yep. They're migratory okay. bird. Um, so where, where, where I am geographically, we're hunting the great lakes region are the, excuse me, the woodcock are, are migrating, um, south in the winter and uh, sure. north in the spring. So, <laughs> okay, okay. So in the in the in our time frame, uh woodcock season opens a week after grouse, which is usually about the third weekend in September. Okay. And then it closes uh usually the first weekend in November. And that's typical for Minnesota and Wisconsin. Okay. Um, sometimes it can be a week off or so, but sure. Um and so we have resident birds um up in our northern uh, forests. Um, they nest there. Um, but there are a lot of birds also in, in Canada and even further north than we are up in northern Minnesota, way, way okay. up north. So, um, so in September, we're typically hunting um, the resident birds. Okay. And then once that flight, they call them flights when they're migrating, once that sure. flight comes in, it's, it's usually typically late October. Okay. Um, it can be pretty heavy, a lot of bird contacts. Um, and so they're looking for, um, so in our covers, so, I mean, people hunt them all the way down to Louisiana. Mm. Um, so cover is going to look completely different than what I'm hunting, but, sure. um, there's the cover that they're in is, is kind of crossovers with, with the rough grouse habitat. Okay. Um, so that's, um, kind of the, the age class of, of, um, Aspen is kind of that five to 15 year old Aspen. Okay. Um, you're looking for moist soils, um, alder sands, thickets, um, okay. you know, around, around swamps or, 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 uh, marshes. Okay. So they need that moist, they need that soil because they eat earthworms that almost exclusively I think. So, Oh, really? Actually, the, the their beak probes the, the solely the dirt. Oh, okay. Earthworms out. So you have gotcha. to have uh, moisture. Okay. And then you have to have cover. Gotcha. Uh, do you, do you know much about like the age? So you said like the age of the trees is kind of important, like that five to some year range. Like, is that, do you know why is that? Uh, I mean, well, so that's what you're looking for in when you're grouse hunting. Okay. I mean, that's not exclusive what you're looking for. You, you need a diverse forest structure, um, but you need that regrowth because it's it's the stem density, it's the how thick the cover is in in in, um, in the forests. Gotcha. Okay. So, so, but the woodcock are you know they're they're the habitat kind of crosses over, so it's. Um, so, so, so you you could be hunting you could be hunting woodcock, but also come across grouse, vice versa. Absolutely. Okay. But I mean, there's some covers that like, I know don't hold grouse, in it, but I know there's going to be a ton of woodcock in there. Okay. And then vice versa, there's some covers that, um, are, 
are there's going to be a bunch of grouse, but you're not going to find any woodcock in. But for the most part, their habitats do cross over. Okay. Okay. Are are woodcock? Are they? Have you hunted quail before, like bob whites or anything? Uh, not wild. I want to. Okay. Okay. I was wondering if they yeah. like are super quick, like a bob white, or you like, know, they're, they're quick. Um, I don't think they're as quick as people give them credit for. I mean, the tricky part about woodcock. So you're in you're in like thick woods, right? Sure. So stem dense cover. Um, early season leaves are up still. So it's, oh, it's gotta be tough. It's a, yeah, it's a challenge to swing, a 28 inch barrel, 26 inch <laughs> barrel. Um, and it's a challenge to even see them. Yeah. So, you know, the mid October is when really things kind of kick off for, for hunting grouse and woodcock. Not, I mean, it once, kicks once off, the leaves, like, yeah, once the leaves are okay. down or coming down, it just, it picks up, but they, you know, you have to think about, they, that one of the there's many nicknames for for woodcock, but one of them's a mud bat because hmm. they they like they need mud, but then they fly like a bat. So okay, uh, they're <laughs> kind of erratic sometimes in their flight. But I mean, if you if you get a if you get a BB on it, it's, it's coming down. They're not because they're not real big, right? They're not. No, they're small. I mean, it's okay. probably similar to a quail, maybe a little bit smaller than a quail, but okay, they're just not super hardy. Even grouse. I mean, you get a pellet on it it's coming down they're not okay tough. they're tough <laughs> the to hit but they're not tough to down okay but in rough grouse they're a little bit bigger i've heard right maybe yeah, outside of a sharp tail um they might i mean with their feathers but like their body structure is much smaller so like oh, okay once if you pick one up you'll be like whoa there's they're <laughs> a lot smaller than you <laughs> yeah like it'll look to be the same size but they have so much air in those feathers to keep them warm that they're, they're i think a little bit smaller than a sharp okay okay so, man I, yeah I, I definitely want to get up and and hit some of those those northwood birds um yeah. it's but it's not like you said it sounds tough too just being in in even with the leaves down yeah i mean being in tight cover and trees yeah. and all that stuff like that's gotta be a challenge it's for sure a challenge yeah but what do you like more hunting like big prairie birds or wood birds you know so i've only been hunting woodcock and grouse for a few years okay. um and i mean I, we i grew up with with that english cocker we hunted a lot of pheasant mm -hmm. um and so once i got into woodcock and grouse i was i mean i loved it and i love it but man being out in montana on those sharp tails yeah i don't i don't know i don't I, it, it was it was fun yeah Just that wide open country um yeah. it's there's something to be said about it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Both of them have, you know, whether it's prairie birds or, you know, the Northwoods birds, like they all have their thing. It's like, there's a special piece. Like you think about, you know, historically, even like there's this, this classic thing about pheasants or sharp tail and these big prairies, but then you have these, you know, woodcock and, you know, rough grouse hunts in the, in these woods. Like it, yeah. I don't know. It's magical. Yeah, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's just magical. It's, pretty, it's yeah. It's pretty cool that we have all these, different opportunities in the States. It's pretty, we're pretty lucky about that. Absolutely. Are your, uh, your kids into the outdoors hunting at all, or have they gotten out with you a little bit? Yeah, I have, um, two boys, 10 and eight. Uh, my oldest, uh, he comes with us. He doesn't, I don't think he's interested in hunting, which is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, my eight year old thinks he's ready to 
carry a shotgun already, but <laughs> not happy. Yep, uh, yep. But he's, he's all about it. Um, usually comes with me, especially when we're at the cabin. Yeah. Uh, so it's been fun to kind of teach him what I know and yeah. um, pass it on. That's great, man. That's great. So let's talk about this new little, little squirmy pup you had in your arms yeah. a little bit ago. <laughs> what trigger? That's, that's great, man. Um, you going with a, a gun name theme or a hunting theme for names or. Yep, yep. Okay. I like it. I like it. So how old is he and talk a little bit about, you know, picking him out and you know, yeah, it sounds like you, you knew you wanted a Vishla sounds like. Yeah. Want another Vishla. Um, he's four months old today, I think. Um, and so we actually were hoping that Hunter would still be around. So we, um, I had been not secretly, but I had been perusing breeders, um, unbeknownst to my wife <laughs> for a while. Um, and a, bre- a, a litter came up, um, that was kind of too hard for me to pass off. And I just, I had to, had to tell her about it. So, um, <clears throat> I had been, um, uh, oh, um, real, sorry, real quick. Yeah. Here's the, here's the age old question. Did you put yeah. money down before telling her? No, I did not. Okay. Okay. I've done that mistake before. That did not work <laughs> <as> well. <laughs> My father-in-law brought that Brittany, uh, Springer home without even telling her. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's even worse. Oh gosh. Uh, so yeah. So, um, this letter came along and, uh, I had long been following Alpine Vistas, uh, out of Washington and, uh, just love her dogs. And, um, but it's a little far to go for me at least, uh, sure. to, run, to run out there and grab a dog. So, um, I talked to her and there was a breeder in Iowa called big Creek Vistas. Okay. Um, and they actually got one of her dogs and hmm. bred it to one of her studs uh, son's dog. Oh, okay. So, um, their dogs, um, sorry, my hunt, uh, hunters, great third generation grandfather is the same third grid, third generation grandfather's trigger. Oh, very uh, cool. Uh, a little history there. And okay. uh, I was actually born two days before Hunter's birthday. So it's oh, wow. kind of special. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah. We got, um, Trigger was born uh, late October and we got him for Christmas. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm always curious in asking people this, and this is not a, a criticism at all, but I'm always curious on, did you ever think about getting a second dog earlier or did you want to just have one dog yeah. wait till they're gone and then pick up the second one or like what, yeah, was, your, wanted, what was your thought process? I wanted, I wanted to, um, I wanted to a while ago, uh, but just wasn't in the cards for a family. Gotcha. So, um, but like, yeah, like I said, we wanted, uh, we actually wanted trigger to, to meet Hunter, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what is it about the Vishlas that's, you know, got you, got you wrapped up in them and what's, you know, what makes them so special? Yeah. So, I mean, if you think I'm going back to 14 years again here, if you think about like, they were not a very, uh, well, they were becoming popular, but they, they were a little bit rare. Hmm. You know, full style and they would they would always ask me well, what is that like <laughs> is that a weimariner um and so um i think you know when i first got hunter to me it was just it was having kind of a more of a rare breed hmm. um that could hunt that was that was a pointer yeah. um 
but I mean, they have a good reputation as being a, a good family dog, um, which was something that we wanted to start. And, um, yeah, so I think, I mean, it's a good, it's a good breed for our family. We're, we're fairly active. They're they yeah. need a lot of, have a lot of energy. They need a lot of exercise. So, um, we're, we're obviously pretty happy with Hunter and, um, yeah. just wanted to carry that legacy on. That's great. And they, and they look great. So they're a good looking yeah, dog for they're, sure. Yeah, so. they're, 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 they are a very good looking dog. They look stylish. What, uh, I'm always curious to know what's, what's your process or, or just, yeah, your own thought process on like picking out the actual puppy. Do you have a, like something you look for, like to look for, or is it just kind of a feeling you get when you get to see a pup? Uh, my wife actually picked them out. Okay. So our breeder actually, um, wanted to place the dogs. Um, but he, uh, ended up giving us the choice, the pick of the litter. Okay. Um, but my wife actually picked him out. Um, you know, she, I mean, we had, we, the, our, our breeder had done some, um, not tests, but kind of, they were feeling out to see what, what bird, dog, what dogs were going to be sure. more bird, you know, better bird dogs. Sure. So we had, uh, uh, you know, a small, smaller grouping to, to choose from. Okay. Um, from that group, uh, my wife picked him out, um, based on his temperament and nice. uh, how he got along with all of us. And so, I mean, he's, he's, uh, I don't want to say family dog first, but obviously he's gotta be, he's gotta be a good boy. Yeah, um, absolutely. They're, they're a huge, huge part of it. And yeah. you know, they gotta, gotta be behave citizens and <laughs> get along yep. with everyone. Yeah. That's great, man. So he's four months old. What have, uh, what have you done with him so far? It's, I think you just did some bird intro recently, right? How'd that go? Yeah. I, did, we did, I did quite a bit actually. Um, I spent a lot of time with him, so I've kind of been, um, able to, to feel out, um, what's appropriate and, and so on and so forth. I'm by no means, uh, an expert. Um, but yeah, so we've been doing basic obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, we did some positive pigeon work, um, bird intro. Uh, we did some launching work already. Nice. Uh, he was retrieving really well. We did, we had some regression. So, um, I kind of backed off retrieving. Um, he was kind of playing keep away and doing that whole bit. So working on hold now, um, hopefully that will kind of rein him in. Um, and then we'll go back to retrieving and we did, uh, whoa, just last, just yesterday we started. Oh yeah. I saw you had him up on a Rubbermaid container. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. Are you planning to to kind of do most of this yourself or are you going to use a a trainer? Unless I, unless I run into something that I feel not comfortable doing, um, I'll be doing it hundred percent myself. That's great, man. That's great. It's, that's a good feeling to, Yeah. yeah put some work into it and see the results and just just the extra time you get to spend with your dog, whatever you're working on, whether it's retrieving work or woe training, whatever it is, like you're spending extra time with them. And that's, that's the best part. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. Will you, uh, will you want to get into any kind of like tests with him, any AKC hunt tests or stuff like that? Or I don't know that I will. Um, you know, it's always a possibility. Um, but at this point I'm not, I'm not, uh, working towards it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, he's a good looking dog. He's uh <laughs> Vichels have this, just that, I don't know, just their color and their look and they're, they're great looking little dogs. Yeah. I like those a lot. How, how big will, 
you think he'll get and how big was Hunter? Hunter was, um, at his biggest, he was 67 and that's a big, Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and I think trigger is going to be closer to that 50 pound, which okay. is kind of what I want. I want a little smaller, a little smaller profile. Um, so we'll see. He's, uh, what did I say? Probably 22, 23 right now. Okay. Yeah. The, the little smaller side's kind of nice sometimes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Cuddle, cuddle up on the couch or getting them yeah. in the truck or things like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, this is going to be a fun, fun summer for you training him and going oh, into your, yeah. going into your first season. That's a lot to look forward to. Yep. That's sure. awesome. Do you have any trips coming up this year you're excited about for the fall or have you thought that far yet? Uh, I haven't thought too far. I know uh, my breeder wants me to come out. We might go to South Dakota with a bunch of siblings of, you know, litter mates. Okay. Um, and um thinking about doing uh north dakota in september i think would be the other one so we'll see okay. see where the chips land yeah yeah totally i know i'm already starting to plant some seeds with my wife of saying hey maybe this state maybe this state you yeah. get with that and i've, I've yeah. gotten some positive feedback so just drop it on the podcast and just yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah yeah bring her on live hey honey what do you think about these uh <laughs> these dates uh <laughs> <laughs> Definitely want to get, get back up to North Dakota and Montana again, but, yeah. um, that was, that was memorable time for sure. Yeah. Um, you're pretty skilled with the camera, aren't you? Yeah, I do. I appreciate that. I do. Um, I actually shoot, uh, food for a living. So, Oh, that's right. I yeah. think you, we were messaging and you mentioned that one time. That's right. So, I mean, my whole, uh, Instagram was basically in, in the interest of staying creative outside of food. Sure. And I love shooting food. I have some great clients and it's, yeah. it's a great career. Um, but in the same light, I'm, you know, I want to stay creative outside of food and, sure. uh, you know, I enjoy shooting. So um, doing, doing some work in the outdoor space is, is really fun for me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fun to look at too. It's fun to see like really cre- just creative and different well put together photos and that's you do a really good job with that. And I've, I've appreciated that of following your page and that's always nice. Thanks. That's very nice. What do you like shooting? Probably, better? It probably, shooting helped, better. probably makes me look better than I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Instagram's for, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, come on. Um, what do you like shooting more food or outdoors, outdoor stuff? What do I, what do I like better? Yeah. Sh- uh, shooting uh, photography wise. I mean, it, I saw it's, it's, obviously much different. I mean, in, in, when I'm shooting food, it's in the studio, hundred percent artificial sure. light, very controlled environment. Um, but it's hard to tell a story mm. of food. You know, I, I like, I like the technical aspect of, of shooting food. Um, I like the, the, the people I get to work with. Sure. Uh, I like food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who doesn't? Uh, but uh, I think, you know, I mean, I, I am passionate about, I mean, I love shooting food, but yeah. I think when you, when you compare it to, to shooting, you know, your pastimes, it's, sure. you know, I get to tell a story. Yeah. So, that's cool. It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I enjoy both. I really, yeah. Do. Yeah. I, I know it's kind of an unfair question. They're both very different. I know <laughs> <laughs> one food is flying away. One food yeah. is on the, on the plate. <laughs> on the plate already. Um, cool, man. Well, a couple more things as we we kind of wind down here. Um, I like to ask everyone, like, what is, what's a piece of advice you would give to the new hunter out there? Someone who is 
maybe right now they're just getting ready for their first season, you know, next or this coming fall, or or maybe they picked up a new dog. Like what's your advice you'd give to them just getting started? Um, man, I think for sure, um, in this day and age, for sure, embrace technology. Hmm. Um, you know, we talked about Onyx. Um, I mean, it is, if there's a starting point, that's, that's it. it. You know, nothing, everyone talks about this. Nothing can replace boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you're looking for opportunities to, to start, either find a mentor or use Onyx. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, that's, I love that. I love that. Oh, and then, you know, if, if we're talking, I mean, if we're talking like brand, brand new, for sure, find someone that can take you out. Yeah. You know? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to underestimate, underestimate Onyx either. Cause that, that even for me personally, gave me the confidence of knowing a spot or a place right. to go. Yeah. Cause be- before I, you know, really got after it, it was such a black hole of, yeah where the heck do I go even? And it it just gives you like more like, okay, there is land, there is areas to, to go. So especially if you're hunting out of state, um, you don't know anyone, you don't know what, what the type, like what kind of cover you're, you're looking for. Um, having that tool is, is priceless. Really, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, a couple more things. We'll go uh, rapid fire section. Um, let's say, ask you a couple questions. Uh, just give me kind of your, your off the cuff answer. And um, I do always say, if you need to expand on anything, feel free, but sure. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll go from there and wrap it up. Um, all right. What gun are you carrying out into the field and why? Uh, Upland gun company, Zeus, right. uh, 16 gauge side by side. Okay. Nice. Why does why does sixteen gauge? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't. It was my first sixteen gauge. Um, I think there's kind of a mystique to it, uh, especially in the grouse woods. Um, it's kind of a a good uh, good gauge for, for for both species, woodcock and grouse. Um, I shot a twenty gauge for a long time, and that was equal. I mean, probably twenty gauge is probably even better for woodcock and grouse, mm-hmm. honestly, okay. as far as being able to shoot both species on the same hunt. Sure. Um, but just really wanted a 16 gauge. Um, never had one. So that's where we went. That's awesome. And is the, is a Zeus, you said, is that a side-by-side or over-under? Side-by-side, yeah. Yep. Okay. They do make over-unders, um, but uh, I think they're producing a lot more side-by-side. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Man, those are beautiful, beautiful guns. These things yeah. are awesome. How, how long is the whole process in kind of, uh, so once you say you or someone orders it to when you get it in hand, like what's the process like? Yeah. So they were originally, um, advertising three months. Um, I think that's since been changed because of the, our friend, the, the pandemic. Okay. Um, so I don't know how long that they're promising anymore. Um, it okay. definitely took a little bit longer than three months. Okay. Is there a, I think I heard someone mention, is there like a measuring process too, where you need to go get measured and send those into yep. them kind of thing? You don't have to, um, they have, um, they have a stock measurement that, that you can use. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, if you think about ordering a custom firearm, um, I would strongly suggest people going to get yeah. fitted or by, by a reputable stock fitter. 
Sure. Um, I think it just makes sense. If you're going to invest that, yeah. If you're making that investment, um, it might as well fit you really well. I mean, the other side of the coin though, is that like these guns are going to be passed down. Um, that's true. My son, my son is, uh, we've recently found out is left eye dominant and I'm right eye. So, um, we'll see how that works. Might need, <laughs> might need a new stock, but yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the other side of the coin is, is, you know, if these guns are for sure the quality that you would um, pass it down. So maybe you do want a, a general fit. Yeah. That's a good point. Actually. And think, and think about that. Right. Cool. Um, all right. Favorite dog breed besides the Vishla. Favorite dog breed besides the Vishla. And besides the Cocker. Cause you owned one of those. <laughs> um, I'd probably do GSP. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and why so? Um, probably because there's a little, you know, there's pretty similar breeds. Um, same shape. <laughs> <laughs> short um, coat. Short coat. Um, I just, I've hunted, I've hunted behind a lot of German short hairs and I've really enjoyed. Hunting. Yeah. And a lot of wire hairs too. I can't forget the hmm. wire. Maybe, yeah, where, maybe where? wire hair. Oh, are you changing? Changing it up. I could go wired Visla. Oh, that, that, that's a thing. That's a thing. Okay. <laughs> but is that legal? Can I do that in the, in your rules? Uh, I, yeah, you know what? We'll make it. Well, I'll check the rule book later, but I'll, I'll say it's okay for now. I'll go with wire Visla. <laughs> wire Visla. All right. You are the first one to say wire Visla. So <laughs> it's in, it's in the history books now. <laughs> All right. A couple more, uh, favorite bird to hunt and why? Oh man. I mean, I, I think I'd have to say Woodcock, um, kind of, it kind of became special for us, uh, last year hunting with mm. Hunter. Um, but really, I mean, just, they're such quirky birds. Um, they're, they're plentiful. Um, you know, but they re- hold really nice for dogs for a pointing dog. Mm. Um, so just something about something about them. That's great. Uh, favorite, favorite bird to eat. Favorite bird to eat, probably the sharp tail. Yes, I'm with so, you. I mean, seared on on both sides. Yep. Just, I mean, it's like steak. Oh, yes, it is like steak. Delicious. I love it. Okay, yeah. um, let's see. We got. Oh, if you could carry a gun or a camera out into the woods with you, what are you bringing? Mm. I probably have to say camera. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I probably have to say gun. <laughs> You changing it? Are you changing it again? <laughs> no. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say gun. Gun. Okay. Yep. Okay. Just and expand a little bit. Um, I think I, I think like I mean I I actually rarely carry a camera in the woods. Okay. Obviously, I have many many opportunities to do it. Sure. Um, I think for me, like, and even this is gonna sound. It's gonna sound kind of sad saying it. like even like I don't take a lot of pictures of my kids with my camera with like my nice cameras um, because I just I like to enjoy the moment like I for me some like I get greater I, it's it's better for like I I enjoy having the moment and remembering that moment more than taking a picture and going back to that moment. Gotcha, you know I mean? that makes sense. Yeah. To me, it's more about the experience. I and mean, I love capturing images and I love sharing my work. But for me, I'd rather enjoy that experience and actually doing the experience versus capturing it on film. 
that make sense? A hundred percent it does. A hundred percent. That's especially, yeah. Especially those that have kids, I think, I think, yeah. Even you want it, <laughs> just that reference of like, you want to be in the moment, yeah. whether it's you're hunting yeah. in the woods with your dog or you're yeah. with your family. And yeah. like, that makes yeah. total like, sense. So like, you know, someone's asking, oh, can you bring your camera? Can you, can you take pictures at, at your son's basketball game? It's like, yeah. I can. Really watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Versus looking <laughs> through a lens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what should you pick a solo hunt with you and your dog or a, uh, a group hunt with a couple friends? Solo hunt with me and my dog. Spot on. Last one beverage of choice after a hunt. I'm well, I'm, I'm allergic to alcohol. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's okay. a, a lot of Asians have it. It's a really, it's a, some people call it the Asian flush. So it's <laughs> lack, of, lack of enzyme in our liver that breaks down the, no uh, way. Yeah. So I don't okay. drink okay. Um, water. Is that <laughs> All right. Yeah. You're like, yeah, the, you know, it's like, there's a trend right now. You're, you're like maybe the third or fourth person that said water. <laughs> Yeah. There's no shame. That's all. I mean, Hey, water's great. You need it. I think there's a better way to rehydrate. Absolutely. <laughs> I actually, I actually got lectured by my wife tonight for not drinking enough water. Cause I had a headache. She's like, did you drink water? And I was like, uh, no, I've heard that before. Yep. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Um, Richard, how can people follow along with, uh, with your journey with the new pup and some of your photography? What's the best way to follow along with you? Yeah. Uh, I think the easiest way is just follow me on Instagram. And that's uh, Whisk Me Nord. It's uh, kind of a play on words. So the, the 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 feed was actually just started when we we purchased some a cabin up north, and actually kind of landed more into the upland space than anything else. But um, so it's a play on words for Whisk is is kind of almost Wisconsin, mm. and then Me Nord, um, like Whisk Me North. So nice, um, nice. Where they can find me. I like that. I like your logo too. Do you have, okay. do, you have a, do you have a friend do that or do you do that yourself? No, I just traced out the shape of Wisconsin and the- oh nice. <laughs> it's good. It's clean. It's yeah. it's I like it a lot. I like it. Well, cool, man. Well, Richard, this has been a blast getting to know you a little bit more, man. I know if I've been following you for a little while and it's just been fun to just stay up with your journey and but also get to know you a little bit deeper uh, on here. Appreciate you having me on and uh been really enjoying your your podcast and um, hearing some of your listeners too. So, well, thank you. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Have fun with that new puppy. Um, I know you got your hands full. Is it, how is it going back from, I mean, you have an older dog. Now you're back to the puppy stage. How is it <laughs> a lot of work? It, it is a lot of work. Uh, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> he was pretty high maintenance for the first month as far as potty goes. Yeah. But then again, that weather, it was, it was challenging to, yeah even get him outside i mean i had to carry him outside you wouldn't go outside <laughs> you're shoveling so, the shoveling yeah. the grass to make a spot for him yep yep sure yeah. did that's, that's so, tough that bare that's spot tough. right there but yeah it's yep. um it's getting better um it's good. especially with with training i feel like he's feels like he has a job now so he's enjoying mm-hmm. it and um, we're having fun that's fantastic well richard thanks so much man for uh for your time tonight it's been fun talking with you and uh, i'm sure we'll be chatting again more soon all right thanks will Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Well, that is a wrap of episode 36 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. Richard, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sitting down with me. 
uh, unpacking your story a little bit more. It's uh, it exciting to hear about your season, talk a little bit more about woodcock, grouse, all that good stuff. Uh, cannot wait to see uh, what you do with Trigger and uh, as he develops uh, this spring and summer and heading into your, your first season together. So excited for you uh, with what's ahead. Hey guys, don't forget, uh, leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's really going to help the show get out there to more hunters and bird dog lovers just like you. Thank my sponsors, Gunner Kennels, Trinity Bretons, and Nook Shook Professional Dog Food and Pointer Traditions. Hey guys, remember, if you don't hunt with or own a Brittany, any bird dog is better than no bird dog. Go put some miles on those boots and have fun. 